in the hobby. It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking that we could pull, I don't know, Hall of Famer. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com. The only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. There is nothing more fun than opening an Arena Club slab pack. I mean, it is so much better than any mystery pack that I've ever purchased because there is a focus on transparency. There is a display of available cards. There are hit rates you can get. When you're graded, you're given a rationale. It is the marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, and displaying. Arena Club Slab Packs are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. You can have them officially graded by Arena Club. The Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent, with a full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. Whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash badmoney. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack, that's $40 right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash badmoney for 10% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome back to Bad With Money with Gabe S. Dunn, a show about finances and feelings where we don't talk down to you. We have a returning guest, my boyfriend, Alex. This is also great because I love talking to people who are not in entertainment. So we're going to get into all of his career changes and his advice for you guys, because you wrote in on the Discord asking for advice about changing careers. And Alex is the expert. So would you like to (laughs) say a little bit about yourself? (laughs) I'm Alex. I am currently a software engineer. I've been doing that for about six years. And before that, I was a CPA, which means certified public accountant. So I only changed careers twice. When I was an accountant, I did three different accounting jobs, like within the span of two and a half years. But you said I had a lot of career career changes, but I only did it once. 
just to be clear. I had a ton of major changes and, and stuff like that, though. That is true. But you are someone who I think thinks things through really well. And I think that's something that could really be imparted to our audience. So let's start with what did you want to be growing up? I, I feel like the way that I thought about jobs as a kid was like, it was I had like cartoon ideas of what jobs were. Like I was like, okay, there's firefighters, there's pilots, there's teachers. Like, I don't know how many other people had this had this issue, but it's like I knew what the cartoon jobs were and, you know, what I saw on TV and then like what my parents do. And, you know, my dad's a dentist, my mom's a teacher. So those are also arguably like cartoon jobs that, that kids would already know about. Like, you know, so there's lots of there's so many there's so many more jobs out there once you get out into it where it's like, oh, I'm a product manager or program manager or project manager. Like those are all totally separate jobs apparently. But anyway, so when, when I was a kid, I was just trying to think of like, what kind of person do I want to be? I wanted to be a pilot at one point. I ended up when I went to college, like wanting to study television production. But I think the way I was thinking about what kind of job I wanted, like as a kid was very like, what kind of like, which cartoon person do I want to be like? Mm hmm. Or what? Yeah, I always think of it as like the Richard Scary model where it's like that little kid's book where you're like, this is the mailman. This is the local police chief or whatever. And I think like I had a similar thing where it was really down to what kind of person I wanted to be and not what I wanted to be doing day to day. So what did I want other people to see me as? What did I want to claim as my identity? Versus like thinking through what actually do you enjoy doing as tasks. And I think that's like a way to think about jobs that is not super encouraged in children. Yeah, that's what we were when we decided to do this episode yesterday. <laughs> that's what we were talking about. Like, it's like I, for me personally, I think I changed so many times, partly because I was going about it maybe in the wrong way and not realizing like choosing a career is about what like little tasks of the day do you want to actually do? You know, like, like thinking about, okay, what amount do, am I okay with my job being manual labor? Like, uh, do I want to create something? Do I want to help other people create things? Like, these are all questions that like anyone could ask ourselves, but I think we feel intimidated. Like, you know, I don't really know what I'm, what I'm talking about. I can't just ask myself, how much do I like sitting at a desk? Like I have to like, I have to think about what kind of whole person I want to be. Yeah. Or even asking people what their day to day is. I remember, you know, like we would have career day and I think a, a big part of it is maybe asking other people in that job how much of your job consists of what? Because I was saying to you, like, I wanted to be a writer. I always wanted to be a writer. And at first I wanted to be a fiction writer, a novelist. And that to me was like, sitting in my little cabin, writing my little stories, maybe like, you know, going on tour with them a little bit. And then that was kind of it, like being a little bit anonymous, but also maybe the people who like my novels like my novels. Like, I can't tell you what Danielle Steele looks like, but her books are everywhere, that kind of thing. But then I was like, no, I want to be a journalist because I just started getting into it and I liked it. And honestly, for longtime listeners, I really was very into Superman and I wanted to be Lois Lane. So that's the whole other thing. I really had this idea that I would be like reporting on Daily Planet type stuff. But then like the act of journalism was more 
it's it's funny because you do talk to a lot of people, but it was more singular and it was more hinged on where you were working. So like I was freelance uh, sometimes, but I had my places where I, I worked. I had my editors I worked with. And then and then also when you have a job in journalism, you just work at a paper for me or a blog or whatever it was. And you, you know, you're paid by that place to be there nine to five, or for my case, it was 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. And you're you're writing your stories in that time. And so you are mostly alone. So then when I went into entertainment, I was like, it's writing. So I was like, scripts are writing and selling TV shows is writing. And I didn't realize how much of it was interfacing with people more so than fiction or journalism and how much of it was schmoozing and how much of it was business, like running yourself as a business As a journalist, you might not necessarily need an LLC. You might not need to like really know about taxes because they're coming out of your salary at your paper or whatever. I'm maybe giving out how old I am. (laughs) The fact that I thought I would work at a newspaper. (laughs) You know that like you entertainment is so much more self-sufficient, but also louder as a job. Does that make sense? So I didn't really think through the differences of those things because I often complain and go, man, like, I just want to write my little stories. I don't want to be doing account, like, you know, accounting or spreadsheets, or I don't want to be like keeping track of what agents or or executives I've met. You know what I mean? So I didn't really, I like where I am, but I didn't. And I don't think I remember right as Donald Trump got elected, I was breathed a sigh of relief that I was no longer a reporter. But, you know, I just think I didn't really take that into account, like what the daily tasks would be. Yeah, thinking about the job duties is kind of what pulled me out of my last, like my last major change decision. Like I was really interested in behavioral economics, which is like, you know, I, I think free economics is kind of like a really basic version of it. But like, I mean, there's you you can read about whether or not free economics is legit. I, it, was, it wasn't my favorite personally, but I really liked Dan Ariely. And there would be these really interesting studies that would reveal like patterns in human behavior. And I was like, ooh, that's what I want to do. I want to get a PhD in economics. But then I realized like, okay, here I am reading the results of all these studies. And that's very fun. But do I want to be like the grad school research assistant that's like sitting at the table, like selling chocolates to people for like 14 cents versus one cent and like seeing the behavior change, like, like, and then, you know, gathering all this evidence and like typing it Mm. into a paper and whatever, like when I can just be like a guy who's, who's reading a book (laughs) and like like, (laughs) learning about all the findings, like, because that's the piece that I actually find interesting. Like, I don't know that I would find it interesting to like sit and have to interface with people all day for a study. So I had been on track to get a degree in economics. I kind of used economics as a way to realize that I didn't want to do economics. Like I thought about what's my comparative advantage? Like what are, what are the skills that I can, that I could bring to the, to the workplace where I just have like any sort of advantage and so I, I just thought like, okay, what's, what's a job that I can do that's very employable, <laughs> that's not like extremely competitive. One of my brothers is a CPA. So I was like, cool, I'll throw on accounting at the end of my, <laughs> at the end of my college. And, you know, it was fun to like get through the classes. It was like, you know, a lot of little story problems and it, and it felt kind of like math, although it's not really math. It's kind of more like moving numbers around. 
but so I, I found like the, the classes to be fun and satisfying. And mm-hmm. that was kind of how I felt about a lot of majors throughout college is like, I think, I think school was like a really interesting like game for me to play. And I've, I've heard other people talk about this too. Like if, if you are kind of obsessed with school and, and you liked the act of taking classes and learning things, it's actually hard to figure out what you really want to do. So I, I just ended up in accounting basically because of, you know, practicality running out of five years of time in college, needing something employable. (laughs) And it's like you said, like the, the difference in the actual job versus the classes or what I thought it was, was pretty big. Like it turned out that it wasn't really me sitting and doing like story problems all day. It was like mostly me like asking for documents, a lot of like kind of businessy networking type stuff, a lot of just like copying numbers from one place to another. It was like a lot of kind of manual tasks and the mm-hmm. the the hard questions of accounting are are really being answered and solved by the partners at the firm. So people at the very bottom are just kind of you know, moving numbers around. And it was really difficult, you know, also because of the very business casual environment. It was very, it was very gendered. I was, I was a woman at the time. And yeah, so there was a lot of things that I didn't expect that were, that were very different in the career relative to the classes. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Everything is more expensive these days when you're running a business, and you would be wise to find proven ways to cut costs and boost performance at the same time. The fact that you are able to reduce your IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud is incredible, and the ability to access your cloud financial system from anywhere saves you so much time and stress. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash badwithmoney, netsuite.com slash badwithmoney, netsuite.com slash bad with money. Managing my finances is incredibly stressful and time consuming. I'm sure you guys know you've been with me on this journey. You know how many finance apps I've tried. You know how much they haven't worked for me. And I'm always on the hunt for a finance app that fits my life. And then I tried Monarch. It is so easy to use with powerful features, collaboration tools, intuitive design, personalization, constant product improvements. I really value an app that allows me to do all of this without confusion. And especially important to me is intuitive design and the ability to personalize because clearly finance is not one size fits all. Did you know that money issues are a leading cause of divorce? Monarch, the top rated personal finance app, also has built in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. Together, you can see all your finances, collaborate on your budget, and get insights on your cash flow and recurring transactions. It's the easiest way to manage your household finances. 
Are you saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation? Monarch makes it so easy to help you reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Have you been frustrated with personal finance apps that are cluttered with ads, difficult to use, rarely updated? So was Monarch. They built a new kind of personal finance app that's intuitive and powerful and ad-free and constantly improving based on customer feedback. Experience a personal finance app that prioritizes the user experience above all else. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. Plus, there's ad-free privacy you can trust. We will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash badmoney for your extended 30-day free trial. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a new candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. It would be so much easier if I was looking for someone to help me with sweetening audio or let's say someone to run my merch shop or all the little things that go into running a podcast. Usually something like that would be so slow and overwhelming. And honestly, I wish I had used Indeed and I will use Indeed in the future. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash badwithmoney right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Can you talk a bit about your obsession with helping people find their major? Oh, yeah. So I probably changed majors like, I don't know, three or four times officially. But I I was always researching different majors. And I think it was really fun for me. Sometimes I I would have friends who would be unsure of what major they wanted to pick. And I'd be like, okay, we're going to open up all these paper grocery bags and we're going to write every single major out on them. And we're just going to cross them off one at a time. And it was like a really fun, like motivating exercise. And I really liked, you know, plotting out like how could you 
fit all of your grad requirements over the next two years. And like, you know, this class is only in the spring. So you have to take it now because that's a prereq for this class. Like I loved like the math problem of like figuring out how you could complete a course schedule. And so I really had to like take a step back and be like, okay, (laughs) I have to separate the fun of the game of school from like, what job do I actually want? I mean, I don't think I have any regrets necessarily because I did ultimately just need to graduate and and get some type of degree. And I think if I had realized that I liked software engineering in like, you know, year five, it would have been way too many credits to to graduate in any reasonable time frame. But sometimes if you're that type of person who just loves to plan, you have to sort of have an intervention with yourself and be like, okay, do I really want it? Why? What is life going to look like after this big change? That kind of thing. I'm smiling very lovingly at you because we're so different. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know that I've planned anything a day in my life. That's That's not true. true. But I (laughs) just the idea. Yeah. I mean, gosh, you're a Taurus. So that's really cute. And I wonder, like, maybe you should have been a career counselor. I don't think so. I mean, I like I, I did find that fun. And in college, actually, I was a peer advisor. So which means that I was like helping people learn study skills and and like prep for tests and stuff like that. And just kind of like reprogram for like effective test taking and those kind of things. We didn't have that many of those appointments. Like usually I was just working the front desk at the tutoring center. So I think if I had to do that like eight hours a day, I would get like very much socially burnt out. Like that's, that's what I realized about accounting is like, you know, I went in and I was an auditor first and you're sitting at a little table with like four other people and your laptops are out. And sometimes the table is like too narrow. So it's kind of a battle of who gets to like extend their laptop screen to a comfortable angle. You know, it's like, it's very close quarters. People are always like talking to each other. It's very highly social. And even though sometimes I seem like an extrovert, like I really do need to like think by myself in my little code cave, as I like to call it. And then, and then I can discuss with people. But I think one thing I've learned is that the amount of human interaction that I can do in a day is like somewhat limited. I think usually I have like, you know, maybe an hour of meetings with other people a day. And then, and then I'm sort of messaging with people as well. But I think I can't do anything where it is really requiring me to be socially on for like eight hours. What was accounting actually like or what was something that you learned there or whatever that like you couldn't have learned in school? You know what I was saying about the partners at the firm kind of making all the like big, interesting decisions. I really like creating and feeling like I'm building something and and, you know, accounting, accounting changes really slowly you can't really innovate in accounting. Like innovation in accounting is called fraud is like one of my, <laughs> one of my little phrases. But I, I, I think honestly, that was one of the things that got me out of it was like, I, it was like, I can't think creatively and make something new in accounting. Like that's just not how it's set up. Like, mm. yeah. No, that's, that's like a really good thing to know about yourself. I also think, yeah, thinking through the gendered aspects of things is very interesting, especially going into math, which is like a traditionally male major, traditionally male, you know, thing while you're sort of trying, you have to wear like a pantsuit to, or what, like a skirt suit or whatever to work, whatever you had to wear. Yeah, I remember like, 
I remember I actually was kind of into computers and stuff for a period of time in high school. And it was like all these boys and they were just very quick to make fun of me if I didn't know something. And I was just like, okay, whatever you guys, like I'll go, you know, people are complimenting me in English class. I'm going to go do that. And that's like such a common thing that I've heard from women growing up is that they felt pushed out of computer science because they just got the impression that, you know, this is for somebody that started playing with computers when they were four and they're like a genius, you know, there's just no time left for me to compete. I could never, I could never get into that. But like you were saying with the dress code, that was very gendered in accounting. Like it is a business casual environment and a, and a lot of jobs still are like that, especially like banking. A lot of times it's like business professional where you have to literally wear a suit. And, you know, I had just been in college on like the women's rugby team and it was like a very different environment. Like I just felt suddenly like very confronted by my gender and having to like mm-hmm. dress according to the like woman rules. And it was like, So that was just kind of like another layer on top of what was already kind of not what I expected in terms of the actual work of the job. So when did you think about changing or when were you like, okay, I could maybe because I feel like someone like you, you maybe planned it for a while. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I so there were people might have heard of like busy season. There's a lot of times in accounting where you are working like, you know, 80, 90 hours a week. And, and then there's like lulls where you're not working as much. And I found myself wanting to learn things. Like I had already passed the CPA exam in between college and, and working. And I just wanted to like keep learning because it was kind of what I was used to from school. So I was like, I was like running through all these Khan Academy, like math courses. And then I saw that there were these coding courses and you would just do like silly little things like change a smiley face to do this and it was kind of animation based and so I started branching out into different coding tutorials just as kind of like a brain teaser type thing like it's like people do crosswords or something and I remember because of that high school memory of of the mean computer boys (laughs) I just didn't consider that it would be a possibility for me to to do that for my job And especially like after I've already graduated. So I remember I was talking to my friend who was also doing coding tutorials and, and we were kind of like sharing back and forth what we, what, which ones we liked. And I was like, oh yeah, but I would never do this as my job. And she was like, why not? And I was, and I just like paused for the longest time. And I was like, oh my God, I, I can't even say this. Like, this doesn't make any sense. I don't know why I, I haven't thought about this. Just like, I just thought like this was only for these genius boys who started when they were four. I just thought I wasn't allowed, but she was like, oh, that's not true. (laughs) It just like (laughs) totally changed the course of my life. (laughs) (laughs) And so then how long from realizing that to being like, okay, I'm going to get out of accounting because you're also very risk averse. Yeah, I, I think it took about like a year and a couple months before I actually took the leap. I wanted to try to really make sure that I didn't want to be a CPA. So I had started an audit and the other path you can kind of take is tax accounting. So I was like, okay, I'm going to give that a shot. I kind of talked to some people who were like, yeah, tax is nerdier. You got to try tax. There's more numbers. So I tried it out. It was, you know, more numbers, but it was still like not quite what I was like looking for. I ended up getting obsessed with Excel because that was sort of my comparative advantage there, I think. (laughs) 
and people would ask me their Excel questions and I would just like, you know, Google it and then, and then help them. And so I, so then my third thing I tried as, as a CPA was there was this group called, it was like tax data consulting. And so I was basically like an Excel expert. I did that for a few months before I started to kind of realize like there's a limit to how much you can do with Excel and that I knew that it was going to be eventually not satisfying. So once I had once I had really tried all of those three things and and hit the same wall with each of them where I realized like I wasn't going to be able to sustain interest, like I started taking it more seriously to learn how to code and started researching like how do I do this? How do I like comparing like all these different like boot camps and like college programs and and apprenticeships and all kinds of stuff in a spreadsheet, calculating out like how long I could be unemployed, like, you know, getting on my girlfriend at the time's health insurance, like so that I so that I would be able to be unemployed. So I think that was like, you know, maybe eight or nine months of trying to make sure that being a CPA wasn't for me. And then the last like, you know, maybe four or five months, like I kind of knew this was where I was going to go. And I was just comparing all my options and preparing to be unemployed and like kind of embarrassed for a while because it's such a vulnerable thing to take a huge leap like that. I like the idea of trying everything in the sphere. So not just going, I hate accounting, but trying all the things within accounting to see maybe there's something still here that hits for me. I really like that idea. Yeah, I I knew that it was going to be really hard to be unemployed. And I knew that I, that I might have doubts creep in about whether I'd made the right choice. So I wanted to like really have enough experiences to know for sure that I needed to get out of accounting. And also like it was pretty difficult to get a CPA. Like there's like four parts of the exam. It's like really stressful to pass all of them. And I didn't, I didn't want to like throw that away if there was a version of, of me being able to continue that career and, and being satisfied with my work. Hey guys, Gabe Dunn here. I just wanted to let you guys know that I have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Gabe S. Dunn. And on that Patreon, I'm going to start doing live hangs with everyone who is a patron. So if you want to join the Patreon, you can get all these episodes ad free videos of our mailbag episodes, extra writing from me, blogs, fiction, other stuff, things that I'm thinking about with regards to money and personal stories, and also now live hangs with me on Zoom once a month. So join the Patreon. And if you're not a member of the Discord, hop on over to the Discord. That's free. The link will be in the description. It's so fun. So many of you guys talk over there. It's like truly popping off. Um, and if you're on the Discord, I would love to see you in the live hang so I get to put a face to a name. So yeah, please join patreon.com slash Gabe S. Dunn and come hang out with me. Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. You guys know that I have had allergies for forever. I've had seasonal allergies since I was a kid. It causes pressure in my face, under my eyes. They're my ultimate handbrake. When my nose is plugged up, I feel like I can't do anything. I can't enjoy food because I can't taste it. I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even host the show because my voice sounds like a duck. And listen, I am already dealing with vocal strain from testosterone and my voice dropping. I don't need any more problems with allergies. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. 
I've been taking Claritin D for allergies like probably for the last 10 years or something, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can go outside without my eyes watering like a fountain. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped in my throat. I get really embarrassed when I'm sneezing all the time. I have like an itchy nose or throat, like ugh, like just the, the itchiness in the back of your sinuses is like so distracting and so annoying. And I get like pressure in my ears too. It's really painful. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. I love to track progress. As you guys know from listening to this show, I'm constantly tracking my progress. What have we done so far in 2024? And spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans like for a car or a home. You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. That's right, you can build your credit using your own money. Get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. With a qualifying direct deposit, you can get access to your money sooner. Fee-free overdraft with SpotMe. Overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualified direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. Access 60,000 plus fee-free ATMs. That's more than the top three national banks combined. Easily find one near you with the Chime app. Send and receive money. Use Chime to pay anyone, Chime members or not, and cash out your money fee-free. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started at Chime.com slash bad money. That's Chime.com slash bad money. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. Can you say more about what you were saying about the embarrassment or just be preparing to be embarrassed? You're talking about people's reaction to like, why would you leave this steady thing? Yeah, it, it was it was definitely awkward. Like, it's kind of like a gender transition. I mean, I also did that at the same time, which, you know, we can get into later. Wild. But it's it's awkward because it's like you're in the middle of a big leap and you know in your head where you think you're going to end up, but like nobody else has that same picture and, and they might not necessarily see that same thing. Like I remember when I was telling my old coworkers that I was quitting to go to a coding boot camp, they were like, I don't get it. Like you already do coding because I was doing coding in Excel, but I mm -hmm. was like, I don't know how to explain to you that like, to me, this is not the type of coding that I want to be doing. Like there's like a lot more out there. And I remember, you know, I was like changing some ID like later, like a, like a year later and really did the transition and, and the woman changing my ID was like, okay, what's your occupation? And I was like, oh, I guess student. And she was like, oh, weird. It says accountant here before. And I was like, yeah, I'm just switching to software engineering. And she's like, but you are a CPA. Why, why would you change? You already had a career. So I guess it just sounds 
it can sound silly to people if they don't have like the same vision as you and they don't they don't like realize how much thought you've put into it and like how you know you know yourself you know whether you can sustain a career for you know 40 years or whatever i just knew that like the clock was ticking on accounting and i was going to my i was going to go crazy <laughs> i don't understand people feeling so emboldened to to comment on other people's job stuff but yeah I don't know. Maybe they were like feeling like, well, I'm sticking to accounting. And if people start jumping ship, what does that mean about what I want in life? Maybe that's like that's sort of similar to transition, I feel like in some ways. But people are like, well, I'm a tomboy and I'm not transitioning. And I'm like, good for you. <laughs> I didn't force you to do anything. I know. Yeah, it's like hard to explain because it's like if somebody says, oh, but you already had a career. Why would you change it? It's like I can't really respond getting into the details of, you know, I really I really like to be able to be creative. I like to build things. I'm sort of more of an introvert. Like, you know, they're they're sort of on a very high level, like stereotypes about what jobs are. So, like, I don't even know how to respond to that because, like, the real answer is like very detailed and nuanced. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, we're having different conversations here. Also, it's so funny because you we're quitting accounting to go into another job that people view as pretty a pretty safe bet, you know, software engineer, mm. coding or whatever. It's not like you were like in a Hallmark movie and go, I'm going to quit being an accountant <laughs> so I can open my muffin shop in Maine. Like yeah. You weren't. You, and even then, good for you. Open your muffin shop in Maine. You know what I mean? Yeah, it definitely did help that like it it is it is a fairly employable job. I mean, I will say like six years ago was kind of a different environment in terms of like boot camps and like tech hiring and stuff. And like, I'm not really sure how it would go if I did this process today. But like when I was, when I was kind of spreadsheeting it out, looking at the ranges of possible incomes, I was like, I actually do think that this would work out in my favor because I mean, also accounting salaries were like a lot lower than and I thought they would be in college. I mean, I was at like a really big firm and they part of it is that they're like, you know, you're lucky to work here. So this is what we're going to pay you. Take it or leave it, you know. So mm -hmm. I this is a particular transition where I could tell from the spreadsheeting that like financially it was going to be OK, but it was still a big leap to have to be unemployed for so long in between. Right. And to not know if you were going to get hired somewhere else, really. I mean, you can yeah. put a bet on it, but you don't really know. Mm -hmm. You know, I think also there is something to the investment and the risk of that. And then people saying, well, why would you why would you do that? And it's it's not just like personal fulfillment or the idea that you're going to have to do this for the next 40 years. It's also taking a leap in front of people, which again, I guess is very much like transition. Like you were saying they were similar. Yeah, it was a very odd time in my life. Like to get more into that, like I, after I quit accounting and, and my last day of work was like the day that Trump <laughs> was inaugurated. Oh and my God. I, and I went, I, I like went to Europe for like my, my, week off and like visited my friend in the Netherlands. But it was funny because I was like out of the country when his whole travel ban thing went through. But it was it was like such a wild time. I'm like, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving the country. Trump just got inaugurated. 
I'm going to start a new career. You know, my friend from college rugby told me that he was transitioning. I felt like we had very a very similar gender. So that sort of threw me into another tailspin. I was like, wait, what does that mean about me? I've always thought I wasn't trans. Like I was always that tomboy that was like, yeah, yeah, I'm a tomboy, but I'm allowed to be a tomboy. Like what? why would you just think I'm a boy just because I'm <laughs> masculine or whatever <laughs> as a kid? And then my friend transitioned. I was like, oh my God. Basically during the, at the beginning of me being in this boot camp, I, I kind of, it kind of hit me that that was also something that I needed to do was transition. And I was like, well, you know, I'm starting a new career. Like I, I would rather just start with the face that I'm going to have. So I started <laughs> during, there's like a five month, classroom portion of this program that I was in. And so I just, I just started testosterone (laughs) (laughs) while I was studying to change careers. Very, very stressful, but you know, I don't know when else I would have done that. That would have really sucked to do as an accountant. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know that technically that could have fit anywhere, anywhere else in my life. (laughs) Right. Like I remember I had a friend who was a flight attendant and started as a woman and then transitioned while still in the job and had to, Mm -hmm. this was years ago, and had to lobby to be able to wear the flight, the male flight attendant outfit, which like now I think, I think everybody can sort of choose. I think they loosen those restrictions, but yeah, it is hard to do it while you're still in the same job, but it is also hard to do while you're trying to figure out who you are. But I guess that's like a holistic approach. You're like, well, I'm figuring out who I am in every single way. Isn't that beautiful? And this was like about when I was around 27. So I always kind of thought that this was my Saturn return. But actually, I looked it up and my Saturn return was COVID. So (laughs) (laughs) I guess that certainly works, too. So these are some questions from the Discord. And I, I wanted to ask, too. So you so how did you find how did you decide on a coding boot camp? And then how did you manage your time? Like, how long were you in the boot camp during the day? And how long, you know, like. What were you, how did you choose one? Did that factor in how long it was going to take or how long the classes were? Yeah, definitely. So when I was kind of spreadsheeting this out, I was looking at like, you know, how much do all of these cost? How long do they last? Like how long are grads often unemployed afterward? And these are stats that the websites tend to give you. You know, there's a lot of pros and cons to all the different ones. Some of them you pay cash to them for tuition. Some of them, they ask for a certain percentage of your first year salary once you're employed, which, uh, you know, depending on the salary could be any range of numbers. The one that I chose was, it was a longer program, but it was tuition free and it included an internship. And that was really, that was really the kicker for me is I was I was only really seriously considering places that were like an apprenticeship or include some sort of experience component. You know, even though it's tuition free doesn't mean that it's necessarily like the cheapest, like, you know, using the skills of economics, et cetera, of like, you know, opportunity costs, you know, you could be making money during the time if you're in school. So there's just a lot of factors and and I I thought it was necessary to spreadsheet them out and compare them. I would like recommend that if if people are comparing options, like really thinking about how much time it takes, how much unemployed time and how much it costs, and then just like kind of map out what your cash flow would be in all those different scenarios. And then, you know, map it out to five years. Like where do you end up after five years once once everything's settled? During the classroom portion, it was like 
it was like a, a full day of school basically, or I, I guess more like work hours. Cause it, it was like a, it was kind of like a nine to five, I think. Yeah, I think pretty much the whole program w- would would be a nine to five because including the the internship. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Some did. Some people have other jobs, probably, right? I think they discourage that. I'm not sure if they actually enforce not having a job. I mean, you could certainly continue to do like gig jobs in the evenings, but the other part of it is often, you know, you're working on a project outside of class, and depending on like how quickly you're picking up the concepts, you might be you might be working on it like that whole evening or like, you know, it just depends on what type of stuff you're studying. So it's, it's like taking a full course load at a university. And I mean, mm-hmm. some, some coding boot camps are like accelerated and they're even more intense and like, you really can't do anything else. So I would say that would kind of vary. So can anyone just, just join a boot camp? Well, you, you apply, like, I think there's, there's certain ones where, where probably anybody could just join, but then there's certain ones that are more competitive. You have to have kind of the sweet spot of experience. Like for this one, it was like you, they want to know that you've done some coding, but like if you already have like, you know, an associates in, in the field or something like that, that would be too much education that you already have. So you, you, you have to be kind of in the sweet spot during the application period. But I think each, each bootcamp has its own requirements. And again, like being six years out, I, I don't think I could necessarily speak to what it is now, but yeah, there's like different, there are different levels of competitiveness for applying to these places. So intimidating, especially as someone who it's funny because I act like I don't know how to code and I don't really, but I have like basic skills simply because I wanted to make my live journal look nice when yeah. I was like a kid or I wanted to do that. You remember those dolls? You could like dress and make these dolls online. I, you might not have been interested. Yeah, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I was like, yeah. thinking, I was like, oh, there's some stuff like that. I feel like I remember a little flash animation game. something. Right. Like that. So it's like a little flash animation. And you could like make these dolls based on they would like give you code to copy and you could change colors and stuff. So like that I knew how to do, which is so funny to think of like p- putting women outside of this realm when I'm just like making my little live journal have a Beatles header, just doing code or like changing the little doll's dress by doing code, you know, but I never thought of it that way. But sometimes when something pops up, like when it's like, oh, this little, you know, thing, I can I can tell what that is some somewhat, but I would feel so intimidated by I have no idea what your notepad says. I'm so intimidated by the look of everything, which is why I think some people don't change careers, right? Because it's so intimidating to be like, I, I might go into something and just be like, I don't know, in front of a lot of people. Woof. Yeah, I, I think like there are definitely, it's definitely intimidating if you just kind of 
look at code and you don't understand it, like a whole wall of code in front of you. I think maybe because this kind of started with little tiny, easy tutorials, like I think that's how it it was less intimidating to me. And I just was, was slowly, I was slowly building up more like little tiny skills and, and attaching it one little step at attacking it one step at a time. But yeah, I think if you just, if you just look at it, it can be really intimidating. And you're right because, well, I don't, I clearly don't want to be a software engineer, but there might be other things that I, I do that are my little hobbies that like would be, you know, would be careers because they wouldn't be so intimidating because I already have a base of knowledge, which honestly is still journalism because all I do is read about people in Snoop. So I'm still sort of a journalist in my own mind. And I interview people. I would kind of push back on the, I mean, I don't think necessarily that you should become a software engineer. I think that a lot of time, like what you said is what I hear from a lot of people who were socialized as girls, which is, you know, this is really intimidating to me. I already have something that I'm getting positive validation for. I have things that I already have skills in. So I'm just going to do those when really like you could be really good at coding. And I mean, I, I, like I, I think that like a lot of people could be good at coding that just don't realize it because of all these ideas from society that tell them they they can't. You know, there's so many like really silly like artistic things you can do with coding that I think you might find really fun. So I would, I mean, like I would encourage those anybody. Little dolls. Yeah, exactly. You know, my like I actually because I I saw designing your MySpace and stuff as kind of like girly. And I was like rejecting that. Like I actually didn't really get into that as much with the HTML and CSS. But one thing I do remember doing, which is deeply sad, is that I figured out how to hide my top eight because I didn't have eight people to put in it. (laughs) Alex! (laughs) I know. (laughs) I wish you listeners could see my face right now. Jesus (laughs) Christ. Just embarrassing myself on the pod. (laughs) <laughs> no, that's so that's so sad and sweet. Good Lord. <laughs> OK, so you you recommend doing an apprenticeship, which someone asked, you know, how do you get your foot in the door in a new industry without connections? Is that is that your answer to that? Yeah. And uh, and the question also asked if I had connections like I really didn't know any any software engineers before this process. I can't even believe I did this, but I was going to like coding meetups all the time and like chatting with people and working on stuff and asking questions and like thinking about doing that now is like so wild. It's like that would take so much social energy, but I just like wanted it so bad that I was like, okay, I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to do this stuff. And like, I really think that talking to people at meetups is like a really good... (laughs) You know, now that I'm thinking of it, I don't really know how active those types of meetups are, like in a post-COVID sort of era. Right. One thing I do know still exists that I was working on before I did the boot camp was something called the Odin Project. Odin is Odin like a Greek god or something like that? It's a Norse god. A Norse god. So there's this like open source curriculum you can do that will teach you like the 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 fundamentals of becoming a software engineer because one of the one of the problems is there's a lot of there's a lot of tutorials you can find that are like intro really easy coding tutorials that are like very satisfying and short but it's hard to build those into a skill set and like become a software engineer but the aim of this open source curriculum is to put together materials that anybody can access for free so that they can build skills and oh. I found it extremely helpful because I, I kind of got to this place where I was just like, 
I was like hammering out all these easy tutorials and, you know, it's very satisfying, but eventually you start to get bored and you're like, how do I get to the next level? You know, I'm doing these little tutorials, but then I'm like, okay, how do I make like a website? Like, you know, like, how do I make, okay, now I made a simple website. How do I make it like have different stuff on it? You know, like it's, it's hard to find something that ramps you up from the really easy stuff to the, to the really, to the more intermediate stuff. So I I do recommend that, like self-studying that curriculum and reaching out to people through meetups if possible, or probably online communities would also be helpful. Like I've, I'm sort of not as much of like an online poster because it like scares me, but (laughs) that's also a possibility, like Reddit's or something like that. I want to close out with following our own advice, which is what does the software engineer do during the day? Like, what are you doing that you think if someone has this, uh, these qualities, they would be, they would be good for your job? Sometimes I call myself a typist. I'm doing a lot of typing from day to day. The, the mission of the job is, you know, we need to create something that does this. And so I need to kind of build it with my typing as a typist or here's a problem. We don't know where in all this code, this problem is happening. You have to think through, you know, how this code is interacting with each other and find the problem and, and fix it. Those are like the two like broad kind of categories of stuff that I would do. I mean, there does need to be, you know, some creating document. There is some like non-programming stuff I have to do, like be in meetings with people, discuss progress on what I'm working on, you know, advise people on stuff they're working on, write a document where I kind of lay out the design of something that I want to build so that other people can comment on it and be like, oh, here's where you might run into this problem, or I recommend using this thing. So I think, you know, sometimes I think other types of engineers will make fun of software engineers and be like, that's not real engineering. But I don't really know what that means because I never went to school for engineering. But I do think it's kind of like building with wood or anything else. It's just you're using, you know, words and you're being a typist. (laughs) It's kind of funny because what you're describing is not unlike what I do. I sit at a computer. I build little things. I I'm typing and then other people come in and go, well, this plot hole might be a thing or this might be a hole in the situation. And it's not it doesn't sound that different, actually. Yeah, I I do think that is really similar. Like you're just writing and and some programming languages look really similar to English. And so it does kind of feel like you're just you're writing a story and you're thinking about is the way the story structured going to be confusing to someone? If so, like, let me kind of add some notes in here for for people coming through. Like you are thinking in a similar way to, you know, writing English prose. Thank you for joining us, Alex. Is there anything that you'd like to say to conclude? Anywhere you'd like to point people? Any any final thoughts? I hope there is some relatable stuff in here, not just for switching to software engineering, but like gathering the courage to take the leap into any career that you want to choose. And I hope people don't feel intimidated by coding and they feel like, you know, this is something I can dabble in and try out and And if you want, it's something that you can make into a career. And if you want to open your muffin shop in Maine, I also support you. I can't eat there because I have celiac. But, you know, if it's gluten free, like, let me know. I'll come through. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. If you want more Alex, there's some of him on Patreon.com slash Gabe S. Dunn. But it is mostly (laughs) me typing my little type types. 
And if you want to follow the show, you can follow us at BWM pod and me at Gabe S. Dunn. And you could probably find Alex there, but he'd prefer not. (laughs) (laughs) You can follow me if you want, but I'm not really a content creator. It's mostly just going to be my cat. He's a big, cute cat. (laughs) Bad With Money with Gabe Shane Dunn is a production of Noted Bisexual. Produced by Melissa D. Montz and Diamond M. Print Productions. Edited by Diane King. Post-production sound by Coco Lorenz. And music by Mike Kaplan, Zach Sherwin, and Jack Dolgen, as sung by Sam Barbera. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.